Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. everyone and thanks for listening to the billy joel a to z podcast where today we hope you're a huge fan as we dive into a <laughs> billy joel children's song entitled nobody knows but me nobody knows but me actually kicks off a children's compilation album entitled in harmony 2 that was released in november of 1981 and produced by carly simon uh, sister lucy <laughs> Ooh, Carly <laughs> Simon, right. Sister Lucy. Sister Lucy, right? <laughs> That's the gag. Thank you for understanding the gag. <laughs> it is the sequel to In Harmony, a Sesame Street record, which came out one year earlier. That means, you know, I figured this out on my head, Alon. He wrote this right in between glass houses and the nylon curtain. Look at me. <laughs> That's very good. Thank you. This song now also appears on where else but disc two of the Strange My Lives compilation album. Uh, this album is mostly known for the first official release of Bruce Springsteen's Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is quite rude, seeing as how Billy wrote an original song for the kids. You're right. Sorry, everybody, but I'm just saying... But Billy got top billing on the album cover. They have the names of all the artists. Billy Joel is ahead of Bruce Springsteen. Yes, I'm sure he was thrilled about that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to do something for the kids, but not that much. Yeah. Here's this hey, live oh. recording from six years ago. Just take yeah. it. <laughs> Still, though, Jesus. I mean, I didn't realize that this was the album where that live rec where that recording came from that's been played. You know, I mean, it is a legendary classic and it came off this children's album. So weird. Yeah, of all places, because you hear it on the radio all the time. So get this, Alon. You're not going to believe this. Okay. Both of our folks have rankings for this song. Seriously? Yeah, I was very surprised. So why don't you tell us, I'm just going to say it, what crazy Christopher Bonanos <laughs> puts nobody knows but me. Okay, so obviously it's not going to be like 110, which is what you would think. Okay, so he puts this at 37. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 37? 31. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, what's the difference? I'm giving it to you. You got it correct. Uh, we have to have him on again to complain. Uh, oh, dude, this is one above, above my life. <laughs> yeah, we got to have him on again. Yeah, we're going to have to have him on again. Oh, my God. I don't even, uh, he just says it's a, a kid's record about an imaginary friend and it's much better than you'd ever guess i would not say that i would say it's it was okay it's okay it's exactly what i expected it to be quite frankly me too there, 
uh, Billy Joel, I believe, did. And we might have spoken about it before on a, di- on a different podcast. Uh, Billy Joel did a children's song for Disney. Mad about the mouse. We definitely talked about it. He did uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. Right. And on that album, Rick Ocasek from the Cars does a version of Zippity Doodad. Now, that is much better than you'd ever guess. And I don't know whether I played it before on our show, but it's awesome. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to hear a little bit of it right now. <laughs> Got that right. Um, okay, so Glenn Gamboa also ranks it. Uh, where do you, uh, why don't you take a guess where he puts it? Um, 94. Exactly. He's more 80. Still too high for me. Parents were no doubt thanking Joel for his swaggering 70s rock anthem created for the children's rock compilation and harmony. It's hard rocking fun, complete with funny voices. 70s rock anthem. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. He's crazy. Remember, this was made in 81. So. But it also doesn't sound like 70s rock. Number one, number two, it's anthem. Come on, anthem. I, I just can't believe these guys ranked this song. You ready for this, though? Yeah. Where do you think the fans ranked this? This is a, uh, where did the fans rank? Nobody knows but me out of 121 Billy Joel songs, Alon. I'll imagine a lot of them haven't even heard it, so it's probably at 120. It's 121. No, it is it's the bottom. <laughs> the bottom. Yeah. I, I don't think we've had the bottom for anybody yet. The fans rank this at the very bottom, 121, where it might actually belong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's like a bad song or anything. It's just it feels like this kind of song that Billy Joel was like, oh, I got to do this thing. And he re- literally wrote it in like five minutes. He's just taken a, a Bo Diddley beat. That beat is the same thing that you hear on songs like Magic Bus or I Want Candy or Not Fade Away or Willie and the Hand Jive. It sounds like every single one of those songs. And then he put these very simple lyrics to it. And it's cool that he's having fun. You could tell he's enjoying this weird thing. He's kind of singing in a 50s way. He throws in a wop, bop, a bop. So in a way, it's like a precursor to his innocent man stuff. It's true. But I don't know, man. 37 or 31, rather. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, that's insane. Now, right. What we're saying is this song isn't uh, awful. Right. I I mean, you put it at 121 because, you know, it shouldn't be discussed. We shouldn't even be doing a podcast about it, but we can't help ourselves. And we're sticklers. But yeah, it it should be at 121 if your rankings are. Now, obviously, for me, Lullaby is 121. We already know. Now I'm just kidding, folks. Uh, <laughs> All the you hate the kids songs. <laughs> well, yes, you know what? There it goes. But if we are just talking about Billy Joel songs in importance, this is one twenty one. Yeah, and I don't think there's any kids growing up. I mean, I grew up. You know, I, I was born a little bit after this, but I don't think my parents were playing me this song on the radio. Like, oh, good, it's finally a kid song that we could stand. Also, yeah, I, I don't think anyone loves this song. 
no, nobody loves this song and nobody loves any of the songs off the album. In the first one, I believe uh, you probably know this too. It was the Doobie Brothers that had a hit uh, with Winkin', Blinkin' and Nod that actually made it to the charts on the first album in Harmony One. Winkin' and Blinkin' and Nod one night sailed off in a wooden shoe Sailed on a river of crystal light into a sea of Yeah, it charted like number 76, which is still remarkable. So last night I was I was like rehearsed. I was um I was doing research for this episode at three in the morning. And when I saw that thing about winking, blinking and nod, I was like, let me hear what this version sounds like by the Doobie Brothers. So I'm playing that. And then like Sarah wakes up and she's like, what are you doing? And I, it's like it's more embarrassing getting caught <laughs> listening to the Doobie Brothers and Michael McDonald sing wink and blink and a nod than if she had caught me like watching porn at three in the morning. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's nothing. Don't, 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 look. don't look at my screen. I swear it's for research. Meanwhile, that song was okay. It's very interesting <laughs> and weird. Yeah, it's interesting and weird. Yeah. And I guess the reason why that got some play is because it was clearly a Sesame Street album and you get a pass when it has the word Sesame Street in it. So that has something to do with it. The second album didn't have the word Sesame Street in it. I guess it had nothing to do with Sesame Street. Uh, some of the proceeds went to the children's television workshop, but it didn't have Sesame Street. Until maybe that's why it didn't go anywhere. I don't know. Yeah, it's like when you do a comedy show and they're trying to get people to buy tickets. So they're like, uh, some proceeds will go to the Cancer Foundation. And then you're like, well, how many of those proceeds? <laughs> and they're like, well, exactly. $5. Uh, right. I'm not sure. I think Carly Simon's sister just I think she was part of the first one and she was probably like, hey, yeah. we got to do another one of those cool albums everyone loves. And Sesame was like, we're done, Carly. I mean, Lucy. Yeah, that. Ha well, exactly. The problem is, is that one of the songs kind of hit. So then they're like, we need another one. This exact same thing happened in a politer way uh, with the Monkees albums that my friend Adam Schlesinger produced. He produced one in 2016, which we've already played and talked about. And it was so unexpectedly popular that they made they're like, let's do another one. Let's do a Christmas album. And uh, that I guess that's what happens, you know, when they're not expecting it to go where it went. Everybody needs a sequel. Yeah. You know, and they realize that maybe we could have stopped. You never know when to stop at the top, except for Billy Joel, who knew what went to get out of pop music. Right. That's the best example ever. Knew when to get out of <laughs> everything that's ever done. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. My goodness. Otherwise, he would have done a, a children's full children's album in like 2008. That would have happened if Billy Joel had just continued recording. He would have said, well, you know, I'm getting older now and I'm thinking about if I ever have grandkids, Alexa, wink, wink. Yeah, because other artists have done that. We've seen other uh, artists from his era who have put together full on um, kids albums in the last 20 years or so. Well, I feel like Carly Simon put together a kid's album or something, which is I don't remember. I, well, I know she did the Itsy Bitsy Spider, which is like kind of a legendary Carly Simon song for some reason. I, this is what I have in my head. So I don't remember whether she made a full on kid's album and that's what her and her sister just started doing or I don't know. John Denver did one and then he died. It was his last album. Oh, really? He did a kid's album. That was his last album. Some people think it was foul play. <laughs> from the adult music industry that didn't want him to switch over. 
well, the foul play was the fact that he shouldn't have ever been, uh, you know, flying a plane by himself. <laughs> yeah. You listening, John Travolta? Stop doing exactly. it. Exactly. I think Billy Joel wanted to do a kid's song because his heroes, the Beatles, delved into kids' music with things like Yellow Submarine. You think so? Yeah, I think, if you know, it's the kind of thing where you might think, oh, it's kind of cheesy. I don't want to do this. But you're like, well, but they did it. And it was like a big thing for them. So it's okay. But you think Yellow Submarine was meant to be a children's song? Yeah, it was written as like a kid's song on Revolver. Why would you put a kid's song on an album? Like, why wouldn't you just put that on separately? I mean, that's that doesn't make any sense to me. They were experimental. They were just like, let's just write this weird, like, children's fantasy song. And then because it was a hit, that whoever was like, let's make a kid's movie out of this. Yeah, but that kid's movie is a horrible movie. I mean, that's not for kids. I mean, I, I went down, I remember in the 90s when they, you know, kind of re-released it in the theater, me and uh, my friend, brother, Mike. Uh, we went down, got high and saw that movie. I mean, it was definitely not made for children. And I remember seeing it as a kid and being terrified. <laughs> I watched it as a kid all the time because my mom, she's a big Beatles fan. So it was like, oh, here's this kid's movie. And some of it is terrifying. The Blue Meanies, the guys who drop apples on your head. Those guys are really scary. Yeah. The tall apple dudes. That's why I don't trust tall people to this day. <laughs> but I also loved it. I was like, this is awesome. It's so cool and weird. And actually the album for uh, this, this thing, what's it called again? In Harmony 2. In Harmony 2. Yeah, it's like animals in a bathtub. And those those creatures are not like normal animals. They kind of remind you of like the weird animation style of Yellow Submarine. Yeah. These lyrics are uh, a little creepy about. I mean, I know it's about a, a kid, an invisible friend, and that's OK. But then, you know, it, it's kind of creepy with the. He's like talking to the kid at the edge of his bed every night. I mean, if, if my kid did that, I'd be terrified. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't find that part creepy. I thought the part where I always go to sleep when my daddy says I kiss him and turn out the light sounds yep. a little, yeah, uh, a little weird. But I guess you know, well, neither of us are fathers, so we're not like uh, you know, that's normal. You have a little kid, you give him a kiss. It's just yeah. we're we're picturing like some, uh, I don't know, Brady. some some twenty year old woman right. saying this, and it's <laughs> weird. Yeah, Tom Brady, the, the kisses on the lips a little too much. <laughs> yeah. But I had an imaginary friend when I was little. Did you have one? Yes, but he died in 9-11. Oh, my gosh. He was an imaginary <laughs> firefighter? I don't even know why worker? he went to work that day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was he thinking? And also, you were pretty old to still have that friend. That I'm, I'm saying, you know, that's why I'm a little messed up. What, uh, what, who was your imaginary friend? I didn't have one, no. Uh, his name was Benji. Really? Like the dog? Yeah, no, but for real? You really yeah, had one? I did, but I think it was because, like, you'd watch TV shows like Sesame Street, where people would have imaginary friends. So I always felt like I was supposed to have one. So I would say I have this imaginary friend. But in my heart, I knew that there wasn't an imaginary friend. I was just like, oh, yeah, I got one. His name's Benji. Oh, but I, I don't yeah. think I ever really fully believed like I was talking to some real thing there. Yeah, not even for a second did I have that. And the funny thing is, is I spent a lot of my childhood alone. And yet I still never made an imaginary friend. My imaginary friend was a real friend. and It's called television. Oh, yeah. Like that TV show on HBO. What was that called? Oh, Dream On? Dream On. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is it. your life. You grew up watching TV so much that in your adult life, you just flash back to things from old TV shows. Oh, please. Exactly. Half of the lines that I say on a daily basis are just from TV shows from that. Nobody. That's right. It's beautiful. Whenever I write a script, I have stuff in from stuff from the 70s that nobody could ever say I stole because they'll never know. How do you know it was a, a random? Line? But 
when I was, I was used to do at the comedy cellar before COVID, I would do readings. And I think we may have talked about this before of movies. So I was doing the Godfather. And I remember I was doing the Godfather and I did it in five parts. I did the full Godfather. We do readings on it and I changed the lyric. Yeah, the lyrics. I would change the script to make it funny, you know, and then like, you know, Dan Natterman was playing Al Pacino and Rachel, uh, you know, was playing uh, uh, Gary Goldman played somebody. You know, I just had these comics reading the lines. And one of the lines was, um, would, you know, would you like a drink or something like, like uh, yeah, I'll have a Brandy Alexander. And uh, that's not from The Godfather. I made that line up, but I didn't make it up. It's from the pilot episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show. <laughs> <laughs> and I went into the audience and this girl came to come see me. And the friend that she bought, she goes, dude, I love that line from the Mary Tyler Moore show. And I'm like, what? Look, miss, I was just about to have a drink and I wouldn't mind some company. Want one? Oh, no, thank you. I said I wouldn't mind some company. Well, all right, I'll, I'll have a Brandy Alexander. <laughs> you know, I can't believe anybody figured that out. <laughs> you had to have her killed. <laughs> No, I loved it. I, it made you know me too so much. happy. I know it seems that way, but man, when somebody gets it, that's even better because, uh, you know, I mean, I was pulling from everywhere anyway in that case. But right, if I, I guess if I wrote it in my own, well, even if I wrote it in a script, I'd be like, yeah, it's from the Mary. You know, I just uh, take a line. What, what am I not allowed to say? I'll have a Brenny Alexander in a script. Yeah. We, that- that's okay. It's just a naming a drink. It's not like you right, right. said, hey, you got you got a lot of spunk, Michael Corleone. I hate spunk. <laughs> oh, you remember the pilot? That's I amazing. So. <laughs> I can't I believe you just... Part. How the hell do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> I think because whenever they would do like an Ed Asner like montage, they would always show that line. Especially. They show that pilot. It's one of the best scenes where he first meets Mary Tyler Moore after, you know, for the first time, and it's going to be a big hit. And Yeah, it's a great scene. It's a great scene that is interesting nowadays because, you know, he's drinking in his office and he's asking her if she's married and she's like, I don't think you're allowed to ask that. And, you know, it's uh, <laughs> kind of interesting, but yeah, he's like, why don't you unbutton that blouse, sweetheart? <laughs> he doesn't do that. How dare you mock Lou Grant? <laughs> but I will tell you this, the wop bop loo bop wop bam boom, which Billy Joel uh, puts in is from Little Richard and the song mm-hmm. Tutti Fruity. And of course, most of us, or me, I only knew it from the movie Grease, or maybe even the play Grease, which opens We Go Together. Right. Oh, come on. That'll never happen. We'll always be together. They even, Judge Bolt even did it on Saturday Night Live. Anyway, this lyric, it's kind of funny that Billy Joel puts it in this children's song because it is actually about um, anal sex. It's a tribute to anal sex. <laughs> I'm not kidding you that the origins of that line as little Richard wrote it as a tribute to anal sex. Yeah, I've read about this also, but I want to hear more. The actual first lines were tutti fruity, good booty. If it don't fit, don't force it. You can grease it, make it easy. <laughs> and they were replaced with tutti fruity, all Rudy. <laughs> Wait, little Richard, the straightest guy in rock music. Exactly. He said it was the original lyrics referred to a homosexual man. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy because you really think that's a song that kids also listen to a lot. You know, parents will be like, yep. oh, listen to this old little Richard stuff. And then you don't realize yeah. like the, it's very, uh, very dirty. And if, if any people who listen to our podcast had their kids listen to this episode because they were like, oh, it's the kids song. It's appropriate. Now we're talking about anal sex. Yep. Oh, well. Yep. 
Yeah, it, it was uh, the guy, I guess his producer or something knew it because it, he did it one day and the crowd went crazy because it's hilarious that, you know, back then, are you kidding? What is that? The 50s or 60s? And this guy's talking about anal sex and everybody's like, woo. <laughs> and then they, uh, you know, the guy knew he's a hit. He's like, well, I need somebody to rewrite it. And this um, woman came in and rewrote all Rudy instead of good booty. <laughs> It's like it's like Yippie Kaye motherfucker becoming Yippie Kaye Mr. Falcon on the TV syndicated versions of Die Hard. Exactly. Oh, yeah, Rudy. It's funny that it also has the word greasy in it, which, of course, um, you know, works for the show Grease and the movie. Yeah, so they took it from the original lyric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I saw that, I could not believe. It. And then I was like, why would Billy Joel put this in the song? I don't think people know the origins. No, no one knows. You have to go on Wikipedia and actually want to learn about that song to find. But then out. you have to say to yourself, why did he put it in? Why did Billy Joel put it in? Just like you said before, a precursor to an innocent man. It totally is. It's one of those. Um, what do you call it? Uh, lyrics, lyrics and, you know, metaphor rhymes that or whatever it is that is attributed to inspiring all of rock and roll. Yeah. And it's a thing. Yeah. The second you hear a wop, bop, a loo, bop, a wop, bam, boom, you immediately are like, OK, this is a 50s song because like you immediately think Little Richard and you put him in ex an exact time and place. Actually, I actually have the uh, Rolling Stone magazine declared that refrain as the most inspired rock lyric ever recorded about anal sex. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little asterisk. <laughs> Billy Joel. uh Put it in there, I'm sure, as just a tribute to he loves that era and he loves the 50s. And then he probably was like, you know, it would be fun to write a whole album about the 50s. So, yeah, so, this is definitely because we had other songs also from around this time that Billy wrote that were like eking into an innocent man, like where he was throwing in some 50s kind of stuff. So you could tell he was just itching to do this album. Yeah, isn't that cool? He was itching. And then uh, I guess I just wonder where he decided, like, you know, why not do it right after this? You know, why make the nylon curtain? I wonder, I wonder where Kate was clearly itching to do it way before an innocent man. So I wonder what made him decide after the nylon curtain. Maybe he's thought, well, I mean, it just made such a serious album. Let's have some fun. So maybe it goes like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, nylon curtain was kind of like right after John Lennon was killed was what inspired him to do that album. So that was like oh, right. what was in his mind. And he might have been working on that already while doing this song. Um, but then he becomes divorced. He's dating supermodels and he's just having fun and thinking of his childhood, his teen years. And that's yeah. where an innocent man. Or maybe comes all out. his albums go serious, less serious, serious, because if you if you're neither curtain serious, innocent man, fun, then isn't it the bridge, which is yeah. very serious. And then Stormfront, which we didn't start the fire, which is less serious. And then the river of dreams, which is serious. So maybe he I don't know whether he thought like that. But maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I feel like Stormfront's pretty serious, too. Besides, I mean, even well, if we didn't start the fire is kind of fun, but also very serious. I guess. But, well, I was saying more. Right, right. We didn't start the fire is, is fun. Because the bridge is fun, right? Modern Woman is a fun song. Running on Ice well, is fun. Yeah, but I, I always think of that as definitely more of a serious album. And he, you know, was trying to go to another place. Um, with that one and clearly nobody seems to like that album so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well you know Nobody Knows But Me is a very consequential song so uh, I'm, I'm just kidding it's not very consequential at all but I think maybe we should do trivia what do you think yeah I, I came up with one just in case I wasn't sure what we we're going to do I'm pretty sure you 
not doing a parody for this, right? So we're not wasting. Yeah, my parody is called "Nobody Knows This Song." <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it, that's good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I have a. Do you have a trivia question too? Yeah, you, want, you want to mix it up today? You want to go first? Oh man, the pressure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Just, uh, give me like five minutes. Can we take a five minute break so I can just compose myself. Sure. I understand. There's a lot of there's a lot of pressure. Okay, I'm ready. All right, here's my trivia question. The Beatles' most famous children's song is Yellow Submarine, which was written by Paul McCartney and uh, with some help from John Lennon. But uh, also, another 60s pop star contributed some lyrics to the song, the lyrics Sky of Blue and Sea of Green. What 60s pop star contributed those lyrics? And the hint is it's somebody who is more famous for a song they did also with yellow in the title. Huh. I got nothing. 60s pop star song with yellow. I don't really know many 60s pop stars. I think that's the issue. You know, I really didn't care for the 60s one bit. Fair enough. All right. So I don't know. Um, (laughs) Lulu. No, it was Donovan. Who? (laughs) Donovan. Who has the song Mellow Yellow. Oh. But Great. Donovan was in the studio and uh, and came up with those lyrics. Boring. Listen, wait. First of all, I thought. Oh, I thought. Oh, OK. I thought Ringo wrote that song. He sings the song, right? Yeah, because they would always have one song for Ringo to sing on an album. Right. I thought he wrote that, but he wrote Octopus's Garden. Right. Yeah, because he's always behind the time. So he was like two albums later. He was like, oh, maybe I'll do another song about Under the Sea. Yeah, and the rest uh, of the Beatles were like, he's still on this? We're way past that stuff. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's what got me confused at the beginning. But I have no way. I mean, I've heard that name, Donovan, but I had no idea what he sings, where he was, or, and he was popular. He was very popular, like a teen heartthrob kind of thing, because he was like 20 years old when he was doing this. Well, how come I never heard of him before? I mean, I uh, he's him. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, he's an idiot. Probably comes from upbringing. Parents he also did that song. Um, you know that song, Season of the Witch? I do. That's him. It is? Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. I thought I actually thought that was like somebody cooler, you know, like a CCR <laughs> or something like that. Or no, it's all Donovan. Really? Because you just said he was a pop star. That season of The Witch, isn't that kind of a more intense, not really a pop song? Yeah, kind of. But uh, I don't know. It was like the 60s psychedelic stuff. So I guess even pop guys would go into something weird. I mean, even Mellow Yellow is kind of weird. Yeah. And by the way, Paul McCartney sings something in the background of that song. Really? Yeah. We really great friends with Donovan for some reason. Who knows why? Don't get jealous of Donovan. (laughs) I'm not jealous. I want to be friends with Paul. (laughs) Well, it is. I, I do. When you figure out who those guys were decided to be friends with, you know, if they decided to be friends with Jimi Hendrix or Mick Jagger, that all makes sense. But when, you know, you're thinking of a guy like Donovan, you're like, why? <laughs> it's just, you know, when you think about the the big picture, you know, now if Donovan uh, had stood the test of time, I guess we, I wouldn't think that way, but I guess, you know, they're just so, I mean, I can't even imagine how great it must've been to been. If you were friends with them at that time, you were the shit, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that just like raised his profile so much if he was just seen around London hanging out with the Beatles. Well, how do you think uh, I got into comedy? 
Because you were hanging out with the Beatles. I was hanging out with people that were like the Beatles in the sense. And that's why people knew who I was. It's a, you know, it gives you status. It's not yeah. because of my comedy, Alon. You've seen it. <laughs> We've all seen it. <laughs> Speaking of which, here's my trivia question, which goes. Oh, right yeah. I thought we were questions. done because I forgot. I'm always second. No, here. This is perfect. OK. <laughs> I, I, I think you're going to love this. And I won't do this anymore after today because it's too much. But it's I think it's hilarious. On this album in Harmony 2. Dr. John sings Splish Splash. On the first album, in Harmony One, he performs The Sailor and the Mermaid with singer-songwriter Libby Titus. What two legendary comedians were in a band with Libby Titus's son in 1988? Okay, so the answers are Dave Attell and Dave Juskow. That's right! <laughs> ding, 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 ding! <laughs> I keep putting myself into the trivia questions because it's funny every time, but now I've done too much, but that was too funny, right? It all, I don't know. Every time I see somebody's name that I recognize, I'm like, well, eh, why not? <laughs> okay. So you were in the same band with the son, the stepson of uh, the guy from Steely Dan. Dan. Donald Fagan, right? And this person, Libby Titus, who I've never heard of, their kid as well. It's the same kid. Libby oh, Titus' were... <laughs> son, then she married Donald Fagan, and then he became Donald Fagan's stepson. Now, the funny thing is, there is video proof of all of this. Yes, but where is it? Where is this proof? I have it in my closet right behind me. Oh, so you found it. Well, it's on three-quarter inch tape, so I have to... Uh, they don't make those machines anymore, so I got to figure that one out. <laughs> okay. You're going to go to like to a library and be playing it on the reel-to-reel, -reel, and that's going to burn up, and you're like, no! Exactly, exactly. It's like a film strip, but uh, yeah, yeah uh, there is video proof of us playing with Steely Dan's stepson and this uh, woman that wrote on this album her actual son uh me and david tell david tell drumming in his character of afterbirth <laughs> and uh me singing classic well, you got to get this thing converted we have to see this yeah <laughs> <laughs> That was Nobody Knows But Me. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Do you agree with Christopher Bananos or the fans ranking? Would you play this song for your kids? And are you going to listen to the Doobie Brothers winking, blinking, and nod right after this podcast? <laughs> I am. I am too. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Billy Joel A to Z.